You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, Kraken fans? Welcome to episode 15 of Keeping Up With The Krakens, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings. Use promo code THPN for exclusive offers. This is your co-host, Tyler Bell, and of course, I am joined here by my co-host, Alec Durham. How are you doing today, Alec? Oh, not too bad, brother. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Two weeks since our last podcast, man. It's been a bit been a bit of a little while here so it's awesome to get fired back up and of course you know merry christmas to all the kraken fans out there and happy new year how are you feeling in uh 2022 so far we're uh what our second day in now fuck feeling better than the kraken i'll tell you that much oh already shots fired right off the bat eh oh man yeah this is my last day here in ontario then flying back out west so Trying to enjoy it. Uh, we got a bit of snow recently too, so that was nice to to see a bit of that before I uh, take off. But yeah, I kind of suck this morning. Go outside. The dogs got to go to the bathroom. There, step out, and there's four inches of snow covering my sandals. It's like, oh, well, this is gonna suck. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta suck it up, right? First off, why are you wearing sandals? Uh, why not? Um... <laughs> I could yesterday. There wasn't any fucking snow on the ground. That's true. It was actually pretty warm too. It was like six degrees or something. So kind of came out of nowhere, but most importantly, get to play a little bit of pickup hockey tonight. How pumped are you about that? I know oh, a little I'm bit of stick super puck. pumped, man. I, you know, I love coming back here, being able to lace him up and get out there and, you know, sweat for a good two hours and, you know, and then reminisce about it for the next year until I'm back. So, uh, yeah, I'm pumped, pumped to get into that. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely pumped to have you out there. Just hit a little sauce back door. Yeah, I mean, that first time we went out there when I came back, um, you know, it was just like that chemistry never left. Uh, it felt good. So expect nothing but a couple Hatties each. Ooh. You know, it's a pickup game, so we'll see how it goes. You know, just make sure we stretch before it. I know my back was feeling pretty tight after that last one, but um you know, maybe I'll I'll focus a bit more on some pregame stretches and and uh, get myself a little bit more prepared with my body. But uh, yeah, you don't need yeah, Kelly we, Rudy tearing you a new one. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Imagine if he was out there, though, that'd be pretty freaking cool. 
Um, so yeah, we got some topics to jump into right off the bat. I know typically we would go right into some game breakdowns, but you know, the crack in, in these last two weeks, they've only played those three games. Um, and they were just recently, but a lot has still happened in between that. We have, uh, you know, some bad news, some really cool news, some exciting stories, uh, to get into. So let's just start it off with probably the worst news of it all. Um, you know, depending on which way you want to look at it, but the world juniors are officially canceled and give me your thoughts on this Durham. Cause I am absolutely livid about this. Well, my thoughts are this fucking blows, bro. I was looking forward to one thing this holiday season and I didn't give a shit if the fat guy came. I wanted world junior <laughs> hockey on TV. It is um, no doubt about it. The best part of uh, the holiday stretch, especially, you know, that weird lingo week that everybody talks about right after the, you know, Christmas day. And then you get that weird week where you're just sitting around, you know, full of cheese and crackers and, you know, you got, you got your big belly sticking out from all the good foods you've been eating. And, and usually you just spend that time on the couch watching these world juniors, you know, with family, with friends and getting to see some of the best hockey of the year. And what did we make it two days in? Day yeah, and a half? Far enough. Man. And then after all that, like, what what was it? Four or five positive COVID cases without any symptoms, and the tournament gets called off. I think they saw that the biggest attraction was Bedard and Michkov, and they just said, fuck it, we'll see them next year. <laughs> yeah, man, it is uh, it, just a tough blow because I was so looking forward to watching these young kids and not only you know some of these young kids but you know when you're a fan of the team like the kraken or you know even in my case the kraken and the sends a couple basement dweller teams right now uh the world juniors really helps you get excited about some of the upcoming prospects in the draft and you know we don't get the chance to see a lot of them play especially the europeans so to be able to have that or get that taken away from you and you're stuck not being able to see them for who knows how long you know it just sucks right i definitely wanted to see an up close on you know there's a big list of some of these kids coming up that are going to be very exciting prospects going forward and you know now we don't get to watch them play so that's just a huge piss off everybody i wanted to watch didn't end up playing anyways so yay third goalies <laughs> yeah like you go down the list like you know obviously shane right um but you take a look at some of the other names like all prospect eligible guys for the 2022 draft here logan cooley from the usa another really skilled centerman uh you got that good uh tough power forward type winger uh joachim joachim camel from finland too um, you got a couple Slovaks on the list as well that Juraj Slavovsky, he's just a power forward centerman. Like he was doing a lot in those couple games too. It looked very good. And, you know, even a, a guy like Brad Lambert too, on the Finnish team on that right winger, he got off to a killer start in the tournament. What he had like five points in his first two games. He led so, the tournament by the end of it. He did. He loved the tournament. And I know he's been slipping down a lot of people's lists, but, um, you know, you know, if you take a look at the list a couple of years ago or even last year, he, he's kind of in that bona fide top five type of player. But 
you know, over the last year has definitely been slipping down into, you know, that 10 spot around that 15 range on people's lists. So I think button you know, had him at 22. Yeah. Like slipping right down some lists. So, you know, a great performance like that at the world juniors can obviously boost, um, you know, your odds of going higher in the draft and, you know, pump those tires a bit. And that's probably what would have happened for Brad Lambert. So, uh, you know, by the looks of it, at least. So it just sucks that, you know, these kids are all the chances for them to show off their talents and, you know, be able to play in the best tournament in hockey in the, in that every year that takes place just sucks for them. And, you know, the fact that they had to miss out on spending Christmas with their family just to have that happen, it, it's just, absolutely brutal and i just feel for these kids man yeah i mean that definitely sucked so uh let's move on to some slightly better news hopefully all right what's uh what's some better news yeah well i believe you had a story there about nadia popovici that is right uh had a great story absolutely so um, this is kind of one that's been developing here, but uh, just kind of came into fruition. So Nadia Popovici, she's a Seattle Kraken fan who is being recognized as a hero right now. And uh, I just can't speak volumes of how awesome this story is. So essentially what happened in their home opener. So she's sitting behind the visitor bench. They're playing the Vancouver Canucks, right? Yep. Uh, so that's happening. And I believe, I don't know if she was with her mom, but I think her mom has those season tickets. So she's sitting there and she notices a mole on the back of the Canucks assistant equipment trainer. Uh, his name's Brian Hamilton. Uh, they call him Red. So <laughs> I think that's just a nickname, but Brian Red Hamilton. Um, and so what she does, she takes her cell phone and knocks on the glass until she gets his attention. Uh, so she has a little message on it, and that's saying to him that he might have, you know, a possibility of a cancerous growth on his neck. Um, so he finally notices that, and I believe Hamilton then went to the Canucks team doctor, and he took a biopsy of the bull, and it did reveal that it was a, mal- a malignant melanoma, or melanoma is that how you say it sorry i just butchered the words here. i think so yeah so it turned out that it was a cancerous mole um so the fact that you know she was sitting there and noticed that and you know banged on the glass until she got his attention and then it turned out that you know if something like that could have you know taken the time to develop and get into his skin and penetrate his skin more uh like you know, you're talking like serious, serious consequences, like possible death from something like that. Um, I know like it takes years for it to develop is my understanding of it. But uh, the fact that she notified him and went through that, I mean, no doubt is she a hero for doing that. And uh, from what I've read too, she's, she's going to medical school next fall. So they just played last night. Um, they, you know, got to meet before the game. He got to thank her and awesome, just, you know, beautiful moment for the both of them, you know? Um, so just amazing. And then on top of that, at first intermission, 
The Canucks and the Kraken team up to award Nadia a $10,000 scholarship for medical school to show their appreciation to go, you know, going towards her, uh, her scholarship there and, and pay for her med school. So what a fantastic story that is, right? Oh, for sure. That is definitely a feel good story over the holidays there. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Especially over holidays. <laughs> you make a good point there, but I mean, what an absolute hero she is for doing that. And it's funny because I totally remember seeing her in the home opener and it was all to do with the hat that she was wearing. She has this knitted hat that looks just, you know, outrageous and amazing. And it's in the shape of a Kraken. Um, and I remember seeing that in that home opener game. Like, you know, who's got that hat? That's freaking awesome. Like, are they selling that? It looks home, it looks homemade, to be honest. I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody in her family or somebody knitted it, but uh just, just an unbelievable story. So we have to give her a shout out on this podcast for sure. And, you know, best luck to her in medical school. And, um, you know, I hope to see her at more games. And, uh, you know, she's going to be a big fan favorite for, a, you know, a lot of time to come. So awesome story there. Yeah. From now on, she can be one of the people that is there a doctor in the house? Damn it. <laughs> she could be that doctor. So that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, great story there and you know moving on to some other news too before we get into these uh these game breakdowns back to some more tough news do you want to take the reins on this one yeah you know uh speaking of doctors someone who needed one unfortunately is brandon tanev and he didn't like what the first guy told him so he went and got a second opinion from another doctor and he didn't like what that guy told him either because they both told him the same thing and he's done for the year turbo's been slowed down with a season ending ACL injury. Yeah. The wheels have come off for turbo for the rest of this season. So season ending ACL surgery, um, always tough news. Just talk about, you know, how big of a loss this, this is for this Kraken team. Oh, it's going to be huge. I mean, this is a guy who is your four check. He's not just a part of it. He's the whole damn thing. And then you get him and Gord together on the PK there, shutting it down, you know, getting chances, the odd break here and there. We saw the one, oh, I forget who they're playing. I think it was Edmonton. Turbo was the guy who got the chance there. I mean, unfortunately, Edmonton was able to come down, get the puck and score on the power play. But you can still see where we're going to get a lot of our shorthanded chances from him. And he applies a lot of pressure on the four check and good defensive stick. And it's going to be a big miss for this team on the forward core there. And, and he's that type of guy who really drives the focal point of the energy for this team, especially coming out at the start of a game. It's, it's always turbo going full turbo and, you know, laying the hits and creating things out there, making things happen. So just a huge loss for this team for the rest of the season. So, uh, and you, you start to look at some of his stats as well. Like he was on pace to have, probably his best offensive year in the NHL. I mean, 30 games played with the crack in this year. He had 15 points and had already scored nine goals in those 30 games, which would have put him in that around what mid 20 range, you know, uh, on pace for at least. Um, so there's no doubt. I think he would have been a 20 goal scorer this year. And when you take a look at his stats, the most he's ever scored in the season was uh, 14 back in the uh, 2018, 2019 season. So, you know, 
definitely a huge blow. He's done a lot of good things this year offensively. He was even a plus player in those 30 games at a plus four. So, you know, he's had, he had a hell of a run to start the year as well. You know, it did slow down a bit, but you know, that'll happen. But yeah, taking a look at his stats, like, you know, shooting percentage was the best this year it's ever been. Mind you, it's only a 30 game sample, but at 17.6%, that's pretty damn good. Game winners, he was at three. His career high was four. Um, you know, he had already scored a shorthanded goal this year, and he probably could have had a handful more based on all the chances he's gotten. So you, you just take a look at that, and it just tough that, you know, when you're having a career year like that and you go down with season-ending injury, it's it sucks, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're always getting psyched up for the year and then you don't even get halfway through it and you're told you're done. Get ready for next year. Yeah, so let's hope for a nice speedy turbo recovery for Tanev. And of course, we're hoping to hear good news on his surgery that everything went well. But, you know, the Kraken team's going to miss him for the rest of the season, that's for sure. And other people are going to have to step up and, and create that energy. And it can't all be up to a guy like Yanni Gore to do that, right? No, you need it throughout your lineup. Guys pushing the pace in their own way, but you got to keep the speed up. Yeah. Yep. And then for anyone else too, if anyone's living under a rock, um, the NHL has brought back their taxi squads and kind of introduced some new COVID protocols as well. So do you want to kind of go through some of those protocols with us here? I know it's it's kind of wonky in some situations and some of it's based on what country you're in or what province you're currently playing in. So it's a bit all over the place, but hit, hit us with uh, just some news on that front. Well, you know, they're bringing back the uh, taxi squad. So just a couple players there that are, aren't going to be in the lineup, but you're going to be able to pull in guys are getting hit. Teams are getting hit with too much onto the COVID, too many players onto the COVID protocol at the same time. So I think you saw it throughout the league management and upper Upper management and the teams were like, hey, we need this back. Our AHL teams are getting it at the same time. Our NHL teams are getting it. And we've got nobody that we can put in the damn game. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it totally makes sense to bring this back. Um, the taxi squad, that is. And then, yeah. Other than that, it's like, you know, a few new protocols. Um, so what are some of those protocols? Are you uh, up to date on that? No, actually, I haven't seen all the protocols there. Yeah, again, it, it's going to be, you know, they call it changes on a league-wide basis and all that, but uh, they still have to comply with the safety and health regulations in their jurisdictions, you know, including federal or provincial COVID health and safety mandates, especially the ones in Canada. You know, things are a bit more strict here. So... Uh, you know, they changed the isolation for from 10 days to five days. So that's new. So basically, you know, if the individual has a fever, uh, they have to continue to isolate until their fever resolves. But if they're showing, you know, no symptoms, uh, you know, after those five days and they could leave isolation, they can return to practices and games. So, you know, as long as certain conditions are met, right? They have to have a negative test. Um, and then they have to basically follow the protocols of where they're living. Like I said, 
And then they have to have medical clearance from the individual's club physician. And they still, for those next five days, if they come back early, the five days early, they still have to be wearing a mask around others, which I'm pretty sure that's the protocol right now anyways, is it not? Yeah, I mean, unless you're on the ice, aren't you supposed to have a mask on anyways? Yeah, like, exactly. Is, is that so, not from day one? Yeah, that's changes. Yeah, that's they pretty say. much it. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So the biggest change there, obviously, is the the ten days to five days. So that seems to be uh, the new thing with this Omicron variant that's been going around. Um, obviously, it's uh, you know not as dangerous. It's more of just your common cold, flu-like symptoms. And it seems to be pretty minor for, you know, the, the vast majority of cases. So that's definitely going to help these teams, though, get back into action and hopefully help the postponement or postponement of more games, because that's been pretty frustrating as well as of late. Yeah, going from having four games in a week to, oh, shit, we only have one. Let's see if we play that one. Yeah, exactly. So. That's the other thing that sucks with the world juniors being canceled is all these other games are being postponed and, you know, we're getting left here with days and days without hockey. And it's kind of driving me a little bonkers, to be honest. Reminds me of the old Simpsons quote with uh, Flanders wife. Won't somebody please think of the children. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hockey fans. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their very first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 in any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a single goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Well, yeah, why don't we just move on to some of the games that the Kraken have been playing? Because, you know, like we said, it's been two weeks since we did a pod and, you know, they only started playing within the last five days here. So um, it was good to get back on the ice and they kind of kicked things off with a matchup uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers. The first of a back-to-back, and Kraken hockey was back, baby. And, you know, it was back after a long 10-day layoff for the lads. So uh, it was really good to get back out there, and they were looking to kind of redeem themselves from the big 6-1 loss they had to the Flyers in, I believe it was the first week of the NHL season. Uh, So, yeah, Grubauer got the start in this one. And, you know, this was tough for me because i didn't really get to watch the game i did have plans this night i was hanging out with some people but uh yeah from what i read on twitter and i don't know from what you've kind of seen of the game too uh it didn't really seem like uh 
the atmosphere atmosphere was uh, that good for this game, right? It kind of seemed like uh, it had a bit of a boring side. Everybody was tweeting that the vibes were bad, so I don't know exactly what that was all about, but uh, typically isn't the case when they're playing at home, right? No, usually it's pretty good atmosphere in there, and I mean, like you said, uh, every it just kind of felt like a dead vibe, even when watching it on TV there. Usually you can kind of feel the oohs and the ahs of the crowds with it, and Mm-hmm. going with the team with the ebbs and flows of the game but it just kind of felt dead while watching it you know no one was really going it was it kind of felt like everyone wasn't really sure if they were even going to play that night yeah yeah it just kind of had a weird feeling to it uh do you think that's because of a big 10 day layoff and then just you know kind of hard to get to go you know flying out of the gate right away and get the wheels going early Oh, for sure. I mean, anytime you have basically two weeks off, it sucks going back to work the next day, right? <laughs> you, yeah, that's actually a great point to put it that way. Even for professional athletes living their dream, right? You go through those sluggish days, you know, you know not everybody's as fired up as they could possibly be um, in every situation of their life. So um, probably just, you know, just those first couple minutes of the game and you know just getting back into things obviously some people had some plans over christmas they're visiting family or doing what they could so um you know fill in their bellies so like you said that first day back to work it can be a very tough one right yeah and i mean like you said with it with it being early in the first few minutes of the game the kraken even decided to give up a power play goal on a one-timer from the slot and this one to go down one nothing so way to keep the vibes in check there fellas yeah, and I think that was a big wake-up call for them <clears throat> because, um, you know, it wasn't long after that you'd see the Kraken answer right back on the power play with a marker of their own. And it was a nice little one-timer from Yanni Gord there on that uh, far side there on the hash marks. He blasted that one home to the back of the net. So that was pretty nice. Yeah, and I mean, with but Dunn being in protocol and Flurry's a healthy scratch, we got to see Carson Soucy in the lineup again, and he was the guy setting up Gord, seeing on the man advantage. So nice to see him getting back in and not just back in, but contributing. Yeah, and, and we talked about that last pod, how you know he's a guy who stepped up offensively for this team and has done so without getting all the time on the power play like some of the other guys, you know, Giordano and and Dunn, and I think even Flurry's gotten looks there. So the fact that Susie was, you know, is leading this team in goals as a defenseman and he's not getting put in those situations, you know, much deserving for him to finally get some looks on the man advantage, right? Yeah, for sure. And then with five minutes left in the first, Donskoy makes a sweet move, fakes out Jones and tucks it in, but loses the handle on it. So he didn't actually tuck it in. He went to go tuck it in. But man, man. oh fuck. Not enough of you fuckers put Don Scoy having a goal on your Christmas list. I blame him on you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And I seen that in the highlights and thought, oh, dude, he faked out Jones, had a wide open spot to tuck it in, and you know, a bit of a bouncing puck loses the handle, like you said, and still can't score that. And and you're in your head, you're just like, what is happening for this guy? Like, if those aren't going in, it almost feels like this guy's cursed. Is man's cursed in there? Like, how did that stay out? Yeah, I don't know, but he seems like he pissed off some eerie fucking genie who cursed him. 
something's going on. <laughs> yeah, considering you know he had 17 last year for Colorado, he's got none this year. So it's only a matter of time. Um, it's only a matter of time for him. He's got to keep shooting. He's got to get more pucks towards the net and just keep doing his thing. But honestly, watching those highlights, there wasn't a whole lot until you know the third period. Things kind of picked up. You seen Lazon blast a bomb from uh, from the point there. Schwartz was going to the net, and you see him just make a tad bit of contact with with uh, Jones there, enough to have that goal waved off, right? Yeah, I mean, anytime you just touch the goalie with a puck coming in, they're gonna be like, no, nah, he could have got it. You were there. Yeah, you don't know. He kind of seen. Yeah, he just got kind of in behind him there. I know he was trying to make a play to drive towards the net, but you could see, you know, the back of his left skate kind of clicked with, or the front of his left skate clicked clicked with the back of Jones's left, and then you seen the contact there with the shoulder. So, um, yeah, even watching the highlight, I thought, you know, that'd probably be waved off. But um, and then I was thinking, funny enough, too, wasn't it Lazon who had the goal waved off against Detroit earlier this year, too? Actually, I think you're right. Fuck, poor guy. Just that's just shitty. shitty. Hey, yeah, just shitty for him, to be honest, having multiple ones waved off like that. But redemption at its finest, though, because on the next highlight, he goes down and buries the next shot he has. And, uh, you know, we fired that one on net, picked the corner there, and puts the Kraken up by a goal with just 528 left in the game. I mean, surely they'll be able to hold on for a dub here. Just get after it to close out the year, right? Oh, you'd think so, right? Nope. Wrong. Nope, that's not the case. Because only 15 seconds later for the Flyers to answer right back and get the game tied up. And it's just Van Riemsdyk. You know, they get a quick little cycle down low for a second. Puck goes back to the point. Van Reem's like sitting in the hash marks all alone, takes the pass, has even has that split second to, you know, turn his body towards the net and, you know, roof one on Grubauer and just like that tie game. So how many times, we're going overtime. Yeah. And how, how many times has this happened with this team? Too many. Like when's it, when's it going to stop where you give a, or you score a goal and you give one up literally within a minute of scoring a goal, you're giving one up. It's just happening way too much for this team, man. It's it's unbelievable. What, Arizona do it three times in the same game? Yeah, yeah. Arizona. I, I believe they did, yeah. The Zona, the team who has six wins in like 34 games, yeah. Must be that nice. Team. But yeah, like you said, this game went to overtime. Everly had a really good luck on his backhand. But ultimately, the Flyers would score a bit of a dandy goal from Ivan Provorov there, who kind of makes Johansson look like an AHLer. You know, beats him at the blue line there, walks in, dangles Grubauer for a bit of a dirty game winner, right? 3-2 Flyers, they take that game. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to look at it as improving on the last time we saw the Flyers when it was 6-1, whoopee, but you know. Could have had the two points instead of shit in the bed and coming away with one. Yeah, and, you know, another day, another loss for the Kraken, and another third-period lead blown. And that's been the story with this team, is not being able to hold on to those 
those uh, leads late in the game, and and that's costing them uh, a lot of points on the board so far. But uh, you know they'd probably uh, or they would get a chance to redeem themselves because it would be the next night where they'd play Calgary, and this would be the first ever matchup against uh, you know Kraken versus Calgary going head to head. So their final opponent in the, the Pacific Division that they haven't played yet. And of course, the first time you know, Captain Giordano, uh, you know, officially plays his former team in this one. So uh, obviously, money on the board, and the guys were fired up for this game, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially for a guy like Gio, who does it all for your team out there and constantly sets the tone. The boys are going to be fired up for him for this one. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And it, it's too bad, Turbo. Uh, was out at this point for the season because it would have been great too to have that brother versus brother rivalry matchup. Um, just another storyline. Um, so that would have been pretty neat as well, right? Yeah, anytime you can get brothers to line up against each other in the NHL, it's pretty cool. Yeah, always a, always a fun moment for them. And, you know, Schwartz ended up getting injured in that game against Philly. So he was actually listed as day-to-day with an upper body injury. So he wasn't in this matchup, which meant Cole Lind would would find the lineup in replace of him. So he'd uh, you know slide in there. Uh, they'd shift some things around, and you'd see Morgan Geeky slide up to the first line. And this was the first time all season we've seen Morgan Geeky in this position, and he was you know in the center position as well, in between McCann and Ebbs. So you know, just what's your thoughts on that? Seeing Geeky get that chance. Well, it's nice, you know, get see him get rewarded. He plays hard. He's kind of consistent. He's a good shooter when he does get his opportunity to shoot. So it's nice to see him kind of with a couple of playmakers there. I know McCann's a good shooter as well, but don't underrate his passing. And Everly, mm-hmm. we've seen multiple times attack guys' triangles, especially from down low. He'll even get through the goalie for a tap in or two for you. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see them together for a little while. It is. And, you know, obviously, the, you know, Coach Hack's been shuffling this line like a deck of cards constantly so i guess it was only a matter of time but a little surprising after you know he had a power play assist the night uh, before there uh, and then he only played nine minutes and 10 seconds so it's not often you see a guy playing less than 10 10 minutes uh getting put on that first line and given an opportunity but you got to shake things up uh in your lineup sometimes and, and try different things so uh, and of course with the back-to-back it would be Drager getting the call between the pipes uh, so another opportunity for him to come through in a big game and try to earn more starts than Grubauer uh, kind of down the stretch here into the new year right yeah I mean someone's got to be the number one not just be called the number one someone's got to start playing like it Anyone. yeah exactly and uh, yo <laughs> watching those warm-ups though how pumped was captain geo looking man he he was staring down the calgary team and he was in kill mode i was absolutely loving that 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 was sick looking yeah he was ready to go yeah great pressure from the kraken early on to start this game too uh especially that first line that we just kind of talked about and and you know that new combination up front they go in there they draw an early power play chance in the first two minutes of the game and you know both units generated some nice chances and damn can calgary ever fly on the pk though they were you know 
when they got possession of the puck, they skate really well to get that puck out, out of the uh, the zone and, and create things. So that kind of forced Drigger to make some nice stops on the man advantage and probably the best stop uh, shorthanded too. So um, tricky team Calgary is, eh? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're going to bear down on the puck and they're going to bear down on their man too in the D zone. That's why they're so good on the PK and they've been so great defensively this year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, shortly after that first power play chance, it's revenge game. Captain Geo, he takes a pass from Yarncroft down low and he absolutely rips it far side wrister past Markstrom for the opening goal of the game. And just like he did in that preseason matchup, man, this, you he, he only started off the scoring in the game. So that was awesome to see Captain Geo absolutely firing one home and getting his team into the game early and getting them up by one. And then what, not long after that, the Flames tie the game up after a slick fake shot, uh, kind of pulls Drager out of the net. You know, he bit on it pretty hard. And then Goudreau takes the feed from Zadorov and buries it into an open cage. And just like that, we're at a 1-1 game halfway through the first. Yeah, and I mean, Drieger doesn't really do himself any favors after the goal either, setting the puck over the glass for a delay of game penalty and somewhere James Duffy is singing that song that drives every Canadian crazy. Luckily, though, it's killed off and the game continued tied at a couple yeah. of wands. Couple of, tied at a couple of wands, but, um, you know, the more that first period played out, uh, the more I was impressed with how geeky was looking on that top line too. I thought he was making a really good impression debuting on that first line. So um, that was a, definitely a positive to watch and, and see, but um, the Kraken would get their second power play with a minute and a half left when, uh, when Anderson got called for a trip on Eberly on the way into the zone. And once again, it was Calgary getting the best chance out of it. And at least in the first period there, when Zadorov ended up getting a breakaway and <laughs> this time he didn't fake shot it, but he put that shit way wide. That was, uh, you could tell Zadorov doesn't get many breakaways in his game because I think he, he choked pretty hard on that chance. He still thought he had Goudreau there to pass it to. Yeah. You could tell he kind of was like, Oh shit. Oh shit. What do I do? Put it 20 feet wide. So yeah. Nice try Nikita. Yeah, then fairly even period of play. You know, Calgary kind of carried the possession game more, but the Kraken had some good looks, I thought. Especially that new-looking first line. But that power play needs an adjustment heading into the next 20. Shots were 15 to 10 flames. Yeah, uh, when, you know, you get those two opportunities on the power play and the other team, both power plays, gets the best scoring chance out of it you have to make adjustments and fix that going into the you know the next two periods of play right yeah for sure you can't have the pk getting the best opportunities all the time mm-hmm. but the second period started with an absolute bang too it was your boy boy cali yarncrock takes that lead back just nine seconds into the period finishing off a nice little McCann shot kind of rattles off the post there and then lands in the crease and a yarn crock is there to tap it in. And that is officially the fastest goal to start a period in crack in history uh, clocked in at nine seconds there. So pretty cool. Yeah. That's the shit we're looking for, you know, quick start to the period, nine seconds, get after it. Suck it, Calgary. 
Exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, once you get that, you have to learn how to hold on to it or build off of it. Because, you know, one, once again in this period, it was just a few minutes later, Calgary's back on the power play and Johnny Hockey walks in off the sidewall. He throws one top shelf and scores his second one of the game for him. And, you know, taking a look at that goal, he just had way, way too much time on that space or time and space on that goal to walk in and do whatever he wanted with that puck. Yeah. And anytime you give him that kind of space, it's probably going to be in the back of your net. Mm-hmm. And Kraken did a good job of, well, pretty good job of trying to answer right away. Will Borgen throws an absolute beauty of a stretch pass up the ice, right down the middle, huge saucer, like, I don't know what that would be around that hundred some feet mark and, you know, throws it up to McCann for a breakaway and it's a bit of a bouncing puck on him. He tries to go to the back end and it just hits the post on the play, but I credit to Will Borgen for that vision and that pass. Cause that, that was an absolute beauty. Had to mention that one for sure. Oh, definitely. And then with five minutes left, some bad coverage and scrambly play from the Kraken trying to clear the puck, and Calgary takes full advantage of this opportunity in Seattle zone. This time, it's Lucic just rifling one over Dreger's shoulder. 3-2 Calgary on their 24th shot of the game already. Yeah, five minutes left in the second, and uh, 24 shots against. The Kraken did do a really good job earlier on in this year of limiting shots against them. Uh, you know, for a while they were in the top five, but, you know, recently it seemed like that's changed and those defensive breakdowns continue. And yeah, they're, they were just getting peppered with shots in this game. And it almost felt like the wheels were going to come off there for the Kraken. Uh, they took what, another penalty for interference. So they kill off the first minute of it and then bam, take another penalty again. And it's a five on three for Calgary for a full minute. But to my surprise, the Kraken pulled it off and they pulled through it, killed off both of those penalties. And, you know, Drigger did what he had to on that. You know, he stood tall and, you know, didn't bite too hard on the plays, you know, like he bet on some earlier in the game. Yeah, which is kind of what you're looking for to settle down there, ease the boys into the third period, chasing that one goal deficit. And, you know, which is what Calgary's got a one goal lead here heading into the third, but it's the shot advantage where they're killing it. 29 to 17 holy yikes eh yeah that's you know that's that's too much after two periods obviously calgary is a top-notch team this year uh they're proving why but uh, still that's way too many chances against and then what just over five minutes in and the kraken show that they're you know this they're in this game to fight back and win it you know tying the game on a beautiful breakout tic-tac-toe style goal ending with Yanni Gord driving to the net. He made no mistake, you know, burying the rubber biscuit. Just like that, it's a 3-3 game and plenty of time left in this one. Yeah, you know, things would stay kind of even throughout most of the period. Yarncroc almost took Markstrom's head off with a one-timer at one point, which may have benefited Seattle if he had killed him there. Not seriously, (laughs) but like... Dude, that was a Maybe. rocket of a shot, man. He, yeah, he absolutely ripped it from the high slot there. And yeah, and that's a guy who's been playing a lot better too, starting to put up more points as young Croc, looking more comfortable uh, down the stretch, which uh, could definitely benefit uh, this Kraken team near the trade deadline, I think. 
turn that third into a second. Yep, exactly. <laughs> then Calgary's gifted with what I think it was their fifth power play of the game with less than five minutes. Uh, you know, which means you know you got to have a big kill here for the Kraken. You, you know, you could say humongous big uh, for the Kraken even, but not this time. Nope, it was a humongous big fail. The Kraken oh, take no. the, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Kraken Calgary took the lead on the power play. Uh, so this looks pretty much all but over after man Giapani scores the power play goal to give Calgary the lead pretty late in the third there, but you know, things got a little hectic just 30 seconds later, McCann tips a point shot back. We got a tie game. This one should be going to overtime. Oh fuck. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. They did it again. Didn't they? Motherfucker. After the crack and tie it, Calgary takes the lead. Are you kidding me with this, bro? Like, how does that even happen? Like, back to back like that? How does this game not find a way to go to overtime after, you know, you fight back just 30 seconds after and tie the game, and then you you, you just can't get one clutch save out of Drieger? Really? Yeah, Calgary. I mean, kind of just needs someone to get you there to the extra time. But unfortunately, Calgary bangs in the empty netter, and there is no overtime here. It's going to end 6-4. And speaking of end, 2021 is going to end on a losing note. Yeah, that would be their last game of 2021. Like you said, ends on a losing note. They drag themselves into the new year, one tentacle at a time. They go in with a 0-3-1 stretch in their last four games, you know, ending the year with a 10-18-4 record. And in that stretch, what, they've given up 117 goals, which when you give, compare it to the rest of the league, that's uh, second worst to only the Habs, who surrendered 118 goals in one extra game. So technically... Uh, if you're going game to game basis, uh, you know, they have the worst goals against, uh, of any team. So bit of a, bit of a shocking stat. Not really. If you've been watching all the games like us, but you take a look at that stat and you're like, man, we have to find a way to not get scored against in the new year because, uh, you know, just a disappointing, just disappointing game to have it end like that because it was a it was a great game. It was exciting and they played really good. I thought, you know, for for stretches of the game at least. Yeah, and you could definitely see the frustration starting to settle in on the players after the game with some of their comments. And you know, I think Geo said it perfectly with his quote of "We're playing well. We're just finding ways to lose." Dude had a three point night and the team still fucking blew it. Yeah, dude, it, it it's tough. Like, you you go in there, you're playing Calgary, which is the team he's always played for his entire career. He goes out, he scores the first goal of the night, gets everybody into it, shows his team who's fucking here to play. And not only that, like you said, puts up three points. The team still blows this game. Oh, I can't imagine the frustration there, especially when you're the leader of the team. And you're doing everything you can to get your team to to win. And like like you said about his quote, you know, they're just finding ways to lose. So, man, I don't know. What do you expect from uh, from the new year for the Kraken? 
I know what I'm hoping for, but what I actually expect is probably some more losses. Let's be honest. It's going to be a depressing finish to the year, I think. Yeah, and we're not trying to be Debbie Downers here at all, right? But you kind of I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass either. Exactly. You have to, you know, have some realistic expectations and, you know, where they're sitting right now, in the standings, it's basically next to impossible for this team to fight back into playoffs, especially when you look at other teams in their division who are taking off. One of those teams being Vancouver, who, you know, they went out where they they uh, played last night, January 1st, to start the 2022 year off. Um, you know, and that's a huge matchup, right? Like, they come into the game, what, 7-0-1, so... You know, if we take a look at the lineups too, heading into the game, like you throw Grubauer back in, he got the start last night going toe to toe with one of the hottest goalies right now in Thatcher Demko. Yet again, you don't have Jaden Schwartz for this game. He continues to be listed as day to day with an upper body injury. Uh, but we would see the return of uh, Don Donato back in the lineup. Uh, so he got slotted in on the third line with Wenberg and Donskoy, which. You know, he, he was hot down the stretch before, you know, the whole cancellation or, you know, the games got uh, postponed and, you know, he caught COVID obviously at, at some point there during the holidays. So I don't know, in my eyes, I, I would have played him higher up in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, he had that nice little goal streak there before the end of time, I guess you would call Being it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had like three goals, three goals and three straight games there, right? Yeah, so I mean, the guy comes back, and what does he show for having that good little streak? Now you're going to start exactly where you were before. Yeah, exactly. So I, I would have liked to see him get more of an opportunity. And we've seen Dunn was back from protocol as well, but surprisingly, he wasn't listed in the lineup for. I don't know, for some reason to me, I don't know. That was a shocker to me. Um, it almost seemed like, I guess you could elicit him as a healthy scratch technically because he came back at the exact same time as Donato. So uh, I don't know whether he was hundred percent healthy or not, or just not exactly game shape ready. Uh, we can question it, but I would definitely expect him to be back for uh, their next matchup. So a bit of a shocker when you don't have a guy like Vince Dunn in the lineup, if he is a healthy scratch, right? Yeah, I mean, if he's available, he seems like a guy you'd want on the ice creating offense for your team, sometimes the other team, but there's offense being created. Yeah, exactly. And we have to mention Rod Masters, the organist from the movie Slapshot, making his NHL debut as an organist in Seattle over 40 years after the movie came out. How wild is that? Talk about dedication to your craft. Just sticking with it. No kidding. Takes 40 dude. years, but I'm going to do it. Dude, what an opportunity and a moment that was. Um, so it was cool to see them uh, introduce him to right at uh, right like before the game started. Um, I can't imagine how much that means for him to get this opportunity to, to be the organist, um, you know, for an NHL game. And one that has a full capacity too, right? Get that energy. Yeah, not just doing it for the ghosts in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, no, not only that, but like, fuck, imagine he did it in Toronto last night in an empty building. 
<laughs> pointless There's nobody. Yeah, just stupid. But... Get a round of applause for Rod Masters. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Back to the empty building. And yeah, going into this game, um, anytime you're facing what their biggest rival so far that they've created in their short NHL lifespan, um, you know, the Vancouver Canucks here, uh, you have to come out with energy. And that's exactly what the Kraken did, at least really early on. Started off as a very chippy game. And, you know, lots of players were getting involved physically early on. You seen Yanni Gord throwing throwing some hits right away and will borgen really throwing the body out there too to start this game yeah and then you get a huge hit from susie who stepped up and absolutely fucking crushed garland has to immediately drop the gloves with pearson for a great tilt too yeah i loved that and i know some people are gonna sit there and say you know is that hit questionable or whatnot like yeah, obviously he didn't have possession of the puck. The puck, you know, was getting sent up to Garland and kind of passed him there. But that's Susie's job to step up there and make that hit. And uh, I don't care what anyone says. He hit him in the shoulder. Like, yeah, you see his head cock back there. Um, but that's just because of the impact. And, you know, two players skating into each other. Like, it was a clean hit. And I don't have a problem with that hit at all. No, I mean, you got to love these chippy games, and it's usually the big hits that get it going right off the start. Get your heated rivalry games in. Gotta love them. Yeah, and fuck, honestly, it was only like five minutes into this game, and it was already ten times better than that Leaf Sens game that I watched, uh, you know, just an hour, you know, a couple hours earlier. Cause that game sucked, man. And this game already was off to a way better start, so... Um, for any Kraken fans out there who are kind of disappointed with the way this Kraken team may have been playing, just, you know, these are still really fun and entertaining games. And especially when you're going up against a rival like that. So, um, you know, and then unfortunately we would see the first goal of the game, not go the Kraken's way. Uh, you know, Will Borgen tries to find a Kraken player to break it out to, um, but he ends up, you know, turning turning it in and throwing it right up the middle of the slot and right on the stick of Vasily Pod Colson. And he roofs it, you know, one nothing Vancouver just before the halfway point of the first period. So yeah, I mean, I know he absolutely let that shot go too. He did. And Borgen was getting a lot of heat on Twitter for that one. Um, and I understand why, but you take a look at that goal. Um, you know, the play is obviously everyone saying, why didn't you throw it up the boards? Why didn't you throw it up the boards? Yeah, that would have been a great play. But if you take a look at where the Kraken players are, nobody's up that boards. You had multiple people up that middle, and you could tell he's just trying to make that play. But, you know, a bit of a bad pass, and, you know, it finds a stick of pod coals in instead. So, um, I think he was pretty aware that there was no one up that boards and hence why he didn't even try to make that play. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Uh, he's still a young kid with not much NHL experience and mistakes like that are going to happen. Right. Yeah. Shit happens. I mean, we'll shrug it off. If it's only one, nothing, I'm sure we're going to score a goal this game. It's not very often Seattle does get shut out. So get over it and just get the next one. Exactly. And, you know, unfortunately it would be Vancouver going to the power play with, I think it was 651 left. 
and McCann would go off for a slash. And, you know, that first penalty of the game, the Canucks make the crack and pay because uh, Hoglander buries a bit of a scrambling puck there. And, and uh, unfortunately, just like that, 2 nothing Canucks uh, early on. Okay, now we might be in a bit of trouble. Yeah, exactly. And it, it sucks too because it was such a great physical start to the game. Uh, emotions looked very high. And then as that period went on, the Kraken just kind of slowly started to disappear in the first period and that energy kind of faded. So uh, so that was kind of disappointing to see. Eh? Yeah, I mean, they would get their first crack at the power play trying to get the people going with about a minute 44 left in the period. And they did manage to get some real strong looks, but they're going to head into the second without a goal in the game. And they're down two goals in the game. And they're also down 14 to six on the shot clock. Yeah. Again, you know, facing a pretty good Canadian team and um, kind of getting blown out on uh, the scoring chances again early on. So, uh, you know, bit of a, a rough start to a game again. And a bit of a slow start in the first few minutes of the second. And then you kind of seen the pace started to pick up and the Kraken started registering some good shots on net and getting a bit more, a uh, bit more of a flow going into the game. Right. Yeah. They started then, to really find their legs there. Yeah. And then, you know, that led to them getting a, uh, getting a good look and getting, finally getting on the board. And uh, once again, it's your boy, boy scoring in back-to-back games, uh, on a nice little set play off the faceoff, uh, and that was a pretty pretty nice play actually. Gord, uh, you know, it was a big part of that goal, winning the draw right off the bat, and then you know he heads straight to the net and provides the screen, and Yarncroft fires it to the back of the net. Yeah, and I mean, just like that, you find a way to bring some more energy back into the game. Something we were just talking about, looking for there, getting the boys going. It would also mark the first goal of 2022 for the Kraken. So whoopee Kaye, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, first goal of the 2022 year slash, you know, half season. So you got to get the crowd into it. And that was a good one to get them going, getting into it. And yeah, it kind of had a bit of a scare after that. The the Kraken get away with a, a close one. When you seen Highmore went crashing into Grubauer at uh, some pretty high velocities, but luckily uh, he was good and there was no penalty on that play. Uh, but yeah, uh, Grubauer took a pretty good crash into on that play there. Yeah, I mean you don't need him getting hurt, but the game would stay two one heading into the third. And shots are now 22 to 15 for Vancouver. So the gap's closing. It's still big, but it's closing. But a much better period for the Kraken. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree with that. In terms of their pace compared to the first and the the quality scoring chances, uh, you could tell they were starting to find their game a bit more. And, you know, maybe that's a factor or a byproduct of playing the night before as well as you know, those slow starts, but, um, that was just kind of the way it was. And, you know, a couple minutes into the third, Susie would, uh, take the crack and second penalty of the game for interference. But, you know, this time the crack managed to kill it off. Uh, but they gave up a couple too many good looks for my liking there. Uh, Vancouver was all over them on that power play. And just after it ended, kind of Vancouver kept pressing and, they would strike again with uh, some poor coverage in the slot by the Kraken D 
And once again, it was a terrible turnover behind the net by Borgen on that play. And, you know, Tyler Mott was left all alone to score on the pass from behind the net. And just like that, it was 3-1 Nucks. Yeah, that's not a great start to the period at all for Seattle. And I mean, it's like the guy who's had a brutal game, Will Borgen, just steps in to a huge clapper, scoring his first goal as a Kraken, one goal game. He's redeemed himself for one of the two. Let's get another one. Yeah, I know. That was actually real good to see him step into that. And, you know, I was pumped for about 30 seconds because immediately after the Kraken, well, they, they go full Kraken. They give up a goal right after scoring a goal. Damn, like... I swear, I just can't take it anymore. It's almost <laughs> it's almost to the point where you could predict that it's going to happen. It literally, the all three games that were breaking down here, this situation happened. Uh, how many times? It would have been four to five times in total. So, you know, you get that big goal, and then just like that, you give up a goal, takes all the wind out of the sails, and it's 4-2, and yeah, it. how do you fight back into a game if that keeps happening? You can't. It's impossible, right? No, you're fucked. Every time you get a little momentum for yourself, it ends up in the back of your net. Exactly. And, you know, they what, five and a half minutes to go, they get a power play opportunity, and it was kind of a funny play, too. Um, you, see, you see Ryan Donato, high sticks, Tyler Mott stick, and he hits it up and it hits into Wenberg's face. Uh, so that was, uh, that's one way to get to the man advantage, right? You, you high stick the other guy's stick into your own teammate's face. Maybe call it a dick play, maybe call it a smart play, but um, they pushed hard there and Eberly hit the crossbar dead on. And then the Kraken fanned on two other chances I thought were going to be sure goals where they could have got back into the game. Then, you know, of course they don't. Seattle pulls the goalie with three minutes left. Tanner Pearson scores. 5-2 Nucks final in this one. Shit. So that's now 0-4-1 for Seattle at home on a Saturday night. Yeah, they uh, haven't won at home on a Saturday night. And uh, it was tough, too, because I what was this, their first or their second game on Hockey Night in Canada on a Saturday night? Yeah. so it was fun to be able to to watch him on the big screen there, uh, you know, national TV like that. Um, but again, they couldn't pull it off. So, you know, 2022 sucks, dude. But our draft pick in 2022 is going to be great. Hopefully. Right. Yeah, hopefully, dude. I'm I'm uh, that's that's what we have to look for uh, is is those those uh those prospects and hopefully you know we can look forward to something huge when that happens which is why i really really hope the world juniors have a chance at still happening whether that's in that i don't know may june july what are the chances you think that'll happen oh frig i'd put it at 20 percent. yeah and you know, it would make things quite interesting because if it does happen, 
pretty close to the draft. That could really change some of those guys' draft stocks heading in with uh, some huge performances if they just pick up where they left off, right? Yeah, I mean, it gives those 8 to 10 guys that are 22 eligible and still involved on their rosters a chance to shine one last time before the draft. Mm-hmm. Maybe move up a couple spots. Some team picking third thinks, fuck, you know what? Matt Savoie is not even here. And this Gerard Schlepkowski kid's just kicking ass for the Slovaks. Yeah, no, that could definitely sway multiple tons of opinions for these scouts and head scouts and uh, chief amateur scouts, you, you know. So I, it just sucks that we don't get the opportunity to see him. I know I keep moping about it, but um, what do you do, right? I'm a pissed off hockey fan. And yes, it's for the safety of people. And I understand that, but at the same time, uh, they ran the tournament so poorly. I mean, they didn't even have like they had f- literally fans and the public using the same hotels and facilities as the players. Like, why wouldn't they sh- had shut that down? And yeah, why not put all the private... junior teams in two hotels? Yeah, like they did even. in Edmonton. Yeah, it was just nonsense, eh? Yeah, just a poor effort. Yeah, and looking ahead here, um, you know, obviously this is where we do some game previews, but because of postponed games, we only have one matchup coming up. Um, So January 4th against the Islanders at home, that's postponed. And then Saturday game, which would have been January 8th coming up against Winnipeg, that one's postponed. So... The only game left is the game January 6th against the Sens coming up. So we only have the one game this week. So uh, give me your thoughts on this game, Durham. Well, I was kind of waiting to see how the Sens showed up against Toronto to see, like, who is this going to be a team that comes back hard? And I didn't see a whole lot from that <laughs> game. And like you said, it was boring as all hell. And you're the big Sens guy. So uh, I don't think there's going to be much there. I think Ottawa is going to make it a good game. There are some good you know, skilled players in that lineup since Brady Kachuk came back and got into his groove. They seem to have found new life. Mm-hmm. Thomas Shabbat's not bad, eating up a few minutes back there. Yeah, he uh, just recently, uh, oh, what game was it? Oh, I'm drawing a blank, but he played, oh, 30 some, 30, oh man, I'm drawing a blank hard. Oh, the big sense guy. The big sense guy can't pull through. Trying to think, it up, but he played like 34 or 35 minutes or 36 minutes in the game. I know that's a huge uh, two, two minute. Yeah, he set the right single there. season record for this year, as he not. He did, yeah, and it was actually the highest since the 2014-15 season. Damn. So yeah, you know that that guy can log minutes. He just eats ice time up like it's his day job because it is his day job. Oh shit. Um, but yeah, no, this is a Sens team right now who is hurting up the middle. Um, you know, they literally right now, uh, you know, between some co- guys on COVID and their injuries up front and, and down the middle, um, they really only have one line that's been banging for this team, and that's their first line. And, you know, not many people are familiar with this player, but Drake Batherson is uh, – an absolute stud for this team. So, um, 
you know, he gets to play on that top line with Kachuk and usually what would be Josh Norris. But with Josh Norris being out because of COVID, I, I'm not sure. You know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see to see if he's in the matchup. Right now they brought up uh, the German phenom, Tim Stutzla, to play first-line center. And past that line, there really isn't much scoring for the Sens team that's happening. And you're looking at Chris Tierney playing second line right now. Connor Brown isn't the the same offensive player he was last year. Um, they got another young guy, Alex Formanton, who's got tons of speed, grit to his game. Uh, he's shown flashes of his offensive game, but hasn't cons- consistently put it together. And their bottom six is just, it's like two fourth lines and it's horrendous. So I would give the edge this matchup to uh, Seattle for sure up front and, and definitely on the back end too. They like, obviously Seattle doesn't have a Shabbat, but they have a lot more depth there. And I'll tell you what, if, if uh, Matt Murray plays a net for the Sens in this matchup, I'm guaranteeing a Seattle victory. <laughs> and the slide at home. I love it. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I will be an extremely happy Sens fan if I don't see Matt Murray play another game for the Sens. Fuck, hold your words back a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, tell us how you really feel, Ty. But no, I'm expecting, you know, we got two basement dwelling teams here. Um, I do think right now the Kraken are the better of the two teams. Auto had a pretty rough, rough, rough stretch early on in the season. They were hit with the COVID bug really hard early on and then took the injuries, like I said, down the middle. They lost Shane Pinto, who was, you know, rookie season, looked very, very good in preseason, played a few games coming out of college last year um, for North Dakota and, you know, had seven points in 12 games, but plays a really strong two-way centerman game. Very disappointed that he didn't get to, uh, continued to build off that this year. You know, he had you know shoulder ending surgery or season ending shoulder surgery. And then Colin White too, another guy who I was really hoping to see him kind of bounce back. Um, but is still a good depth piece on that center position. He was out even Nick Paul, a guy out with COVID right now who could slot into that center position. So they're definitely hurting with COVID and injuries. Um, and and in their uh, their goaltending position, so yeah, I do see the Kraken pulling off this win, but I'm excited to watch the game. I get to watch uh, my two favorite teams go at it, so you know I, I can't wait. But uh, yeah, that's the only game we have to watch next uh, next week. So disappointed on that front because of that. But you know, moving on here. Um, last episode we talked about our Kraken Christmas list. And, you know, currently you're still 0 for 4 on that. So give me your thoughts on that. Why are we 0 for 4? What's going on? I don't know. One of us was probably naughty this year. Could have been both. (laughs) Obviously, we weren't very nice. We didn't get shit all for Christmas. No, man. The the big St. Nick didn't pull through with our Kraken Christmas list. Still no goal from Donskoy. Uh, maybe that's asking too much. Maybe we're asking the wrong people. Maybe, uh, if Santa can't do it, who the hell can? 
we got to yes, maybe sell our soul to the guy just to get a Donskoy goal. I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but I'm frigging close. And then what I'm else? More than a Donskoy for? goal if I sell my soul. <laughs> I'll be happy with two goals from him in a game. <laughs> just once I want that to be right. Yeah. And, you know, we still haven't seen a mascot named. What is going on with that? I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think that's a big off-season thing. There was rumors. It's just surprising that they didn't have that ready to go. Um, I guess it's hard to argue if they've had a 60-minute effort in these last three games. Uh, I would probably lean towards we haven't quite seen that, at least not a full team 60-minute effort. Um, But with every loss... I mean, it's more and more likely, you know, we're going to get a first round draft pick. We just have to be patient with that one. Yeah, that seems more like a, a trade deadline wish list than a Christmas wish list. Yeah, so we'll hold on to that wish. And when you're getting three point performances from Mark Giordano, you know, he's one of the i think he's second right now or he's one goal away from being in second position uh with brent burns for being the highest goal scoring uh defenseman in the nhl active over 30 years old uh for goals after the age of 30 uh so he you know continues to put up those numbers and he's playing so like he's playing hard minutes in seattle um, you know, what is he going to be able to do when he's only playing that 20, maybe 22 minutes a night on a contending team? No doubt is, uh, is he going to be getting us a first round pick in my opinion? Not that I want to see him go or it's, you know, you want to see the first, uh, first ever captain in, in franchise history traded. But, uh, like we talked about before, this is just going to help this team out so much more in the long run. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly playing up his value. Not that anyone didn't know what his value was before that, but if he's playing well coming in to the deadline, that's definitely going to be a big boost. Maybe instead of just getting a first, you get a first and a prospect. But yeah. He's yeah, going to be especially... leaving a impression on this team, whether he's a part of the roster or not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's going to still go down in history as one of the best, especially if he can get that extra like you said, prospect out of it. And if the market is big enough, uh, you know, for a, a, you know, leadership style, offensively good, defensively good, uh, hard nosed, big hitting, you know, he brings it, he brings the whole package style defenseman, you know, in the market this year for the trade deadline. Uh, that's definitely not out of the realm for a package, a first plus. Um, definitely could see that happening. But I think that about uh, wraps up this episode, hey, Durham? Yeah, that kind of seems like everything we've got on the checklist for this week. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, Just, you know, it sucks we only get the one game next week, but uh, we'll be bringing some fun content to the next next podcast. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the first episode we've had in two weeks, episode 15 here. Join us in our next week. We break down that one game against the Sens. 
We'll keep you date, keep you up to date with all crack and news, NHL news, much more. We'll have some fun stuff for you guys next episode. So thank you, Kraken Nation, and everybody enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.